Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Rochelle Moreno is the owner and manager of two sister companies in the Chicago area, BRT Electric, which handles residential, commercial, and industrial electrical work, and Axiom Contractors, which is a general construction company. She was recently featured in Negocios Now, Latinas in Business section, a leading Chicago area Spanish language newspaper for her work on her companies and her role as one of the few Latina women owning and operating her own electrical and contracting companies. She was also recently interviewed for Academia Triunfadores, a Spanish language business school, and you can find that interview on Vimeo. And Rochelle is a busy mom and active in community organizations like the Rotary and Morton College Foundation. And she sits on the board of HACIA on the Sustainability Committee. So we're so glad to have her on the show today. Welcome, Rochelle. Thank you so much for the invite. I really appreciate it. Yes, I've been meaning to talk to you for a while. Um, First, I think I became aware of you through your Instagram page where you post all kinds of images of yourself at work and a role model capacity for women who are young women who are looking at Instagram for career ideas. So that's how I first found out about you. And then when you joined the Hazard Girls community, um, we were excited to have you. So I'm glad we finally are getting to sit down and do this and can learn a little bit more about your work. Yeah, your group is amazing. I finally found a group where I can feel that I belong. Oh, I love that. It's very hard to find places where I don't feel excluded in a way or different. It's great to see how there's a lot older women like me. (laughs) Yeah, I I love that. Okay, well, I want to hear a little bit about your companies. So BRT Electric is a licensed, insured, bonded electrical contractor. Okay, well, you're the co-founder of BRT Electric for the past five or six years, And then the last two years, uh, you're the president of Axiom. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got started with BRT and maybe take us into your background a little bit and how you got involved in these industries? Yeah, absolutely. I think that I've just realized in the last, last interviews that that's something that I've always liked since I was little. I used to play, my playground was a place with the gravel with the gravel and the sand and an unfinished part of the house of my grandmother. That's where I used to play. So in reality, I've always been in the construction zones and I've always loved to build. I used to build the houses in the tr- on top of the trees. For me, it was more like, and it was kind of funny because I used to feel like I was really building it. <laughs> But my hammer was a, a rock, and I used to take the uh, rusty nails, and I would just put a little piece of wood on the tree so everybody else can climb up. <laughs> I fell up a few times, but... <laughs> <that's how laughs> so it's something that came naturally to you then? It, it was very natural, and I think that for a long time I avoided it. 
because I just couldn't understand why. I just didn't know how come I like to play different things that are supposed to be for boys. And I used to like to play guns <laughs> with the little, boys play with the little guns. And I used to love it. I used to play and, and pretend that I was a power ranger or I was a karate kid. It's a boy, but I still used to put myself into that role without caring whether it was a boy or a girl. To me, it was like, oh, he's, he does karate and he kicks. And I'll pretend that I, I used to kick the boys. Luckily, they wouldn't me back. <laughs> Well, I think I think a lot of women can probably relate to that. There, when there aren't as many fun options when you're a little kid, sometimes the fun things are put aside for boys. But really, you know, they're for all kids. And I think it's great that you didn't have a problem getting into those kind of activities. Well, tell me about your family. Were they supportive of that kind of activity for you? I think my family is very conservative, very traditional. You know, the hardcore Mexican father and very, I would say, strict in a way type of family. But I've always had a rebellious side in, in me that I just couldn't keep down. I would say that if anything has allowed me to really become myself, it has been just, you know, rebel against what other people tell me. I And now I understand my parents just wanted to guide me towards what they thought was best for me, but I was not happy. I, I wanted to do like to play with marbles. I used to like to play with dolls too. I used to play with dolls. I used to play with like little kitchen plates and, and stuff, but I used to also enjoy playing with marbles and I was pretty good at it. I used to beat the <laughs> <laughs> I used to ask him, let me see your marbles. What do you got? And then I'll be like, oh, mind. how about, oh, I challenge you. I give you this one. You can beat me. And I used to, I used to walk around with my little pink dress and my pocket full of marbles. So I think that's something that I just developed at a very young age. And as I grew, as I got older, you know, I started getting to the point that teenage years where you're told what you got to do and you're really trying to fit in. And I tried to fit in and I tried to, in a way, become what society and my parents told me to be. And my father would say, just get married to a man that gives you everything. You're pretty. You can have what, whichever guy you want. But I didn't want that. So I ended up running away from home at the age of 17 because I felt I could do better than that. And even though I broke my parents' heart, now they forgave me because they see that I'm doing okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so you left home at 17. Where did you go? So I was kind of hiding from them because I was I was a minor. But I ended up going to a house where I used to work as a nanny. And after that, I met the father of my kids where I ended up getting pregnant two, two years later. I chose to leave everything. At that time, I, was going to, I started going to college. But I decided to be a mom because my son started clapping. My son started doing things and I wasn't there. So I ended up leaving school so I could be a mom. And I don't regret it. And I don't regret it because their lives has been a whole a joy. It has been a celebration. I celebrated when he held his bottle. I celebrated when he started crawling, when he started walking. It has been a whole bunch of celebration. 
And it looks like you have such a great relationship. I've seen you, you and your son on TikTok doing TikTok dances. Uh, yeah, I have two boys. They're 16 and 17. I'm a single mom, actually. Yeah, it has been an amazing experience. But I put them through a lot of leadership trainings. Also myself. I figured it out when they were little. They were... One time I grabbed the car seat of the car of the car to get my younger son. And then... I had my older younger my older son, and then when I closed it, I said, "Oh shoot!" But with an eye. <laughs> so then, I had left the keys inside. So then my older son started saying, "Oh shoot! Oh shoot!" And I said, "I said, oh my god, this kid is listening to everything I do, to everything I say, and doing everything I do." So I started paying attention, and he would do what I would do. So that's when I decided to start working on myself. That's how I started, you know, learning more, growing more and going for more. And I haven't stopped until this day. I'm still taking classes and I put myself through leadership trainings and emotional intelligence. I think that it's necessary when you're in a male dominated industry where you have to be competitive and emotions don't, you can't have emotions when you're running a business especially when you're working with men. So it took me a lot having to take training and not just training, leadership, emotional intelligence. And, and I, I read a whole bunch of books on body language. I actually paid somebody to come from California just to teach me body language. I think that naturally, since I don't have that a malicious side in me, I would not see it in people sometimes. So I had you to- would, You would what? I didn't have a malicious, I guess in a way you can tell when people don't have good intentions, but in the past I couldn't see it. So I would just trust everybody. I had to close one company because they didn't pay me and it was hard. I've been learning the hard way. Let me take it back, Rochelle, for a second, because you talked about your childhood and then, you know, that you left home and um, sort of established yourself, met your children's father and started raising your children. So where did your businesses come in? How did you get involved with starting an electrical company and and a contracting company? The electrical company happened because I had the Monster House project where everything that could go wrong with a house went wrong and more. I got to the point where electrical was my weakness. I knew nothing about electrical. And the inspector was ready to shut me down. And at that time, I was working with investors doing house flips. And I had gone through eight different electricians and nobody could fix the problems in the house. So I was trying to pass inspection and the house was pretty much already done. I took into a project that was halfway from another contractor. And I said, well, this is easy. I just got to do the final touches and the details. I'm really good at it. Well, no, this was by far the most horrible house when it comes to construction. And that's where I decided after the inspector came, yelled at me, said he was going to shut me down. I felt like electrical was a weakness and I decided to make it a strength. So I said, I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen to me again. So 
I had met an electrician through a friend of mine, and he was literally my last resource. And I reached out to him, and he was one of the best electricians. Like He came. It was not easy because he had to break all the walls I had already finished. He was pretty good at making holes everywhere without any carrying. <laughs> I'd be like, don't break that. And I, he would just make holes everywhere in the walls. But I offered him to start a company with me, and I asked him to teach me electrical. And that's how I started BRT. So you you were working in construction. You had already started working in construction for other people. And then the problems were with the electrical. So you decided you're just going to start your own company for that. Right. I already had a, a, a general contracting company, but I knew that electrical was a weakness. And if there's something I've learned is that if there's some, if it's a weakness, I'm going to work on it to make it a strength. And that's how I decided to start just focus 100% into the electrical company. So from 2015 until about last year, I focused with my partner on uh, getting the electrical company going. But in reality, my goal was to, has always been to build new houses. And that's how Axiom Contractors came. I created Axiom Contractors so I can do that. I'm actually licensed for roofing. I can, I have the unlimited roofing license. I'm licensed Mason and I'm working also to get the license for, for electrical. It's actually really hard to get, especially. That's amazing. So you're just, you've just been learning new skills and new trades while owning and running these businesses as you go along. Yes. That's like I said, I can't, not just about the trades, but business itself. I think that the learning never stops. There's always something to learn. There's always something to that will add to you. I, actually, the what I do with my sons is instead of giving them money, I don't give them money for, to do chores because at the end of the day, what makes money or what brings value to your life is the knowledge you have. And I value that a lot. So I give them books. I put money at the end of the, at the last page. And once they're done reading the book, they can take the money. Oh, I love that idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've always been pretty different when it comes to raising my sons. They would ask weird questions like mom, when they were little, one of them, what would happen if I go outside, if I go outside naked, (laughs) I would say, well, I remember when I was very rebellious and I'm like, if he's like me, he's probably going to want to do it. If I say, no, so I told him, well, if you're going to go outside and run naked, just make sure it's not too cold. You probably get away with it because you're a kid, but just make sure it's not too cold because your little bolitas are going to freeze. <laughs> 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 so that he, he was just, he would just think about it, but I've never been the imposing type of mom. I think I make choices. I let, I tell them what happens. And then I said, well, what choice are you going to take? Well, so do you think you've been able to pass down these lessons of leadership to him by example? And do you see any differences? Well, to to them, you have two boys. And do do you see any difference in their perspectives compared to someone whose mom isn't involved in this type of leadership? I see a huge difference. And and I I believe that kids 
don't do as you tell them. They do as they see you doing. So I've focused a lot of my success in setting the standards for how far my sons can go. And I want to make sure. They also say that we choose our parents for their significant others. So I want to make sure that when they go out there and look for a girl, that if that's the case and they're going to be looking for somebody like me, that they their standards are high. Yeah. So I, I would say that that has been my main motivation. You know, as a single mom, I knew that I had to take the role of teaching them. And I told them I, I cannot teach them how to be men because I'm not a man. I'm not a man. But I could teach them how to be a good person. And I think that this big part of my success has been because I apply a simple rule, which is it also starts with personal. You got to do the right thing in business and in personal. And I've realized, too, with uh, the people I work with, that normally if they're willing to do cut corners or do the wrong thing in the personal life. They will most likely do it at work or in business. So I put a lot in self-development in the company because if they grow and they develop themselves, then I grow and my company grows too. So you're talking about your employees? My employees, yes. Well, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about that. What has your experience been like as the owner of these two companies in a traditionally, very traditionally male-dominated field? <laughs> I got to say, yeah, I've run into a lot of experiences where they would come and ask if I'm the secretary or who I work for, or another question is, oh, so you're helping your husband with his business or you're, are you the secretary or are you, who are you working for? Actually, I had that question today when I walked into the concrete uh, exam, because I just took the exam today to get that license. And they, first thing, the first question, one of the guys said was, so who do you work for? And I said, oh, I'm I'm currently working for myself. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so I get that a lot. I get judged where I walk into certain places. And I even get that with some of the investors. I've had that where they ask me or they look at me funny. They look at me like, oh, look at that little girl or something like that. Because I'm short too. I'm like five, five two and three quarters. <laughs> So it's, I get that a lot where they, they look at me different, but once I walk in and I explain and I can talk to them and, and they know that I know they look at me different and it's no longer a look of, oh, look at that girl. It's more of a respect. And I like that. I like the fact that I earned the respect. So do you feel like that takes a long conversation or is it something that you are able to carry with yourself and sort of just put into place quickly? And sometimes it takes a little bit of talking. I think that men are used to seeing women with different eyes where they just look at the exterior, how they look versus who they are. And I know that is a big part of the culture, big part of uh, what you know social medias and society has been showing, but I'm working on changing that. And I'm starting with I'm starting with my two sons. Don't look at girls just like girls. We're we're a lot more than that. Yeah. Well, how about being a Latina in the industry, a Latina woman in the industry? Does that <laughs> have an effect? Yes, a lot worse actually. 
just because you know as a, not only being a female but also being a his, being a hispanic i have felt for a long time actually this is something somebody made me feel and i believed it i felt that i was less until one day i i felt like i questioned myself well why do i feel less i'm not less i'm actually more because even though i have all these challenges against me i've been able to push through and get farther and and be be successful and create and create companies out of nothing. Exactly. So how did you come to that realization? Was there a certain event that made you realize it or was it just as you matured? I think as I've been maturing and as I've been working on myself, it has come on its own. I used to be afraid of getting older, but I feel like the older I get, the better I feel. <laughs> That's great. Well, so how did you develop your leadership style, your boss style? Because you have all these employees and you're, not, you're bringing a perspective. We've, we've talked to a lot of women working in construction, but you're bringing a different perspective as an owner. Um, so do you think your style is different from the men that you've observed in these roles? And how did you come to it? It is a lot different because I'm a, I feel like I'm more caring. I care about working as a team, working together. And I've gotten to the point where... I don't know why a lot of the guys tend to just call me bro. They get to the point where they no longer see me like a girl. They, they start calling me bro. <laughs> and how do you feel about that? It feels great because that means they, in a way, they have accepted me in, into their whole tribe or their crew or whatever they call it. But at the same time, I set my grounds on what it is that I'm expecting from the job and how it has to be handled. And, and I say things straightforward it, being a woman that helps it helps me because they don't take it as hard i can land the punches pretty soft but deep where if it would have been another another guy you know saying things this straightforward they probably i don't know if they would have taken it the right the same way so the ego is a little different yes i've learned to identify the ego part of it and what drives people. Some people are driven by the title. Some other people are driven by the money. Some other people are driven by, you know, different things. So I, I like to identify that and then go based on that. I also took another class on genetics in humans. It says that animals have about 95% genetics and 5% personality. For example, you see a pit bull you see a German Shepherd and you see, or you see a Chihuahua, they tend to be different. And in humans, it's said that it's 70% genetic and 30% personalities, but still in a way, the personality, you know, plays a big role, but also, you know, the genetic it's, it's when I look at people, I can kind of identify what, how they are, what they are and how they're most likely going to respond. Yeah, I think as women, we are forced to be even more thoughtful and intuitive about how other people are going to be responding to us in these fields. And then we have to sometimes address, change our behavior based on how we think someone's going to respond. So it's like this whole dance that maybe uh, men don't have to even think about. Right. In their careers. Yeah, in a way, I feel like I adjust to whatever environment I'm in. And I had to learn to not take things personal, to be more aware 
of what other that other people have, you know, they said that one head is one world. And I see that. So I would say my my way of leadership is I lift other people. I like to lift them up. I like to if they're working for me and later on they say they want to start their own company, I help them. There's actually a few companies that I've started for other people. And I love that. I love to be able to help them and guide them through the process so they can become business owners too. Yeah. Now, is that men? Yes, men. I haven't gotten any women yet. I try to push a few, but I don't know why. It's so hard for for some women to take the steps to be business owners. Well, I was going to ask you, what, what would your advice be to young women? Because I'm, I'm sure there are so many listening right now out there and who have seen you on Instagram who are interested in getting into these fields because they're very lucrative fields. And the, the pay gap is much less than in other fields for construction for women. So do you have any advice for young women looking to enter the fields and even own someday own their own construction or electric business? Yes. You must develop high tolerance to pain. <laughs> it's uh, it's very challenging. I enjoy every bit of it, but I think if I've been able to make it, it has been because I truly enjoy it. I would say any woman can own any type of uh, construction business because we have that. I wouldn't advise to come and do and try to compete with men because I don't seek to compete. I seek to create a team. I build teams. I don't sit there and try to compete with anybody. Competing, I'll compete in other stuff, but not not at work. It's all about, and I have to work with different contractors, subcontractors, different people. And that's something that I, if I was to speak to somebody who wants to start their own company in the trades, I would say, don't look at it as, oh, I'm different than them. You know, we were meant to be different so we could bring our different, I would say, skills and strengths. And believe it or not, there's a lot of need for women in construction. Men's, a lot of, I'm not saying all of them, but I'm saying most men, they just want to go get the work done and they don't want to worry about the little details. And and we're very good at that. So there is a lot of skills that can be used from us women. And just, I would say, even if it's not construction, even if it's something that is said that it's only for men, if this is something you enjoy, just go for it. It's probably going to be hard. But at the end of the day, what matters is that you enjoy what you do because that's going to help you push through when it gets harder because that's something you enjoy doing. Well, if people have questions for you about this, are they able to reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. Where can people find you? They can find me on uh, Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat. Tell, why don't you go ahead and tell us your handles on there and your website? Yes, the website is... Um, axiomcontractorsbuild.com. So we're fig- we're working on uh, building that page up right now because we're including a different type of model of houses. So that's something I'm adding into that. That's very exciting. 
I would like to tell you about it. Yeah, actually, I was going to ask you, if give us a plug for your business. Tell us a little bit about it. How can people find out about your business and tell us whatever you'd like to share, especially yeah, for people absolutely. in the Chicago area. Yeah. Any questions or anything, uh, the phone number to my company is 708-400-7323. I was okay. thinking maybe I should create a song to sing it and <laughs> learn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have been working on this project for two years. Everything is changing and improving, but for some reason, construction had been had remained the same for a long time, and the material and everything else. So I started to research. I started to learn. That's a big part of why I've been learning more. And it's finally done. It's finally we're finally ready to start building a sustainable house. This type of house it can withhold winds for 220 miles per hour. It also doesn't hold into any moisture. And the design itself has biomimicry. So I was pretty new to this biomimicry technique. So, But biomimicry is said that in nature, nature already fixed all the problems that humanity has. And... All we got to do is look at nature and copy their systems. Put them into, so what we did is we copied some of the systems from nature and put them into the house. So the house itself breathes and it cleans the air, kind of like breathing type of deal. <laughs> and I've studied some of the um, psychology on ho- how families interact and actually going to be adding urinals to all my designs like all the houses I built have to have a urinal really yes <laughs> and why is that? I feel like in a way I know what it's like to feel excluded from certain aspects and I know that that has been happening to men too I hear a lot of investors say well the kitchen and the bathroom have to be pretty those are built for the women which is true <laughs> but <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I feel like men also need their space. They also need a a, a, a area. They feel they want to feel like they belong there. And having boys, it would avoid a lot of fights too. That is so interesting. So you well, if you write anything up on this, uh, please let us know and we'll post it because it sounds pretty new and interesting. And I'm I'm interested to see people's reactions to this. Yes, we're we're adding rain garden and I went to an event and the CEO of uh, Whole Foods was there and I asked him because I couldn't understand how. So they sold Whole Foods for so much money to Amazon. And I asked him, so how did you do this in 15 years? How did you do this? Because I want to offer people good quality electrical services, but they don't want that. They're willing to risk on getting a fire in their house to save money. But here you are selling expensive products and being successful. His name is Walter Rob. And then he said, well, Rochelle, you gotta, you have to make a decision on what you want to give, what you want to give to people. Do you want to give them quality? Or you want to give them crap. 
you make that decision and then just stick to it. And said he said, at the end of the day, you're dealing with souls and you're not you're dealing with people. You're dealing with souls. So make sure that you know what you want to give them. So it clicked in my head that it's true. I want to give up a house, not just a house. I want to give them a home where they can interact with their families, where it's supposed to be, especially through the pandemic, it's supposed to be a safe place, but it's really safe. I know that a lot of houses, if there was to be with all the climate changes, it's kind of scary, actually, to, I took a class on it, on uh, climate changes, and it's very scary. Very, very scary. I know that if anything was to happen and the climate to start getting worse, which they have been, a lot of houses will not stand. A lot of people, a lot of families would be with no homes. Yeah. So I just well, you, you mentioned your build your buildings uh, have high wind sustainability. Yes. Yes. Actually we we can create them to the point where if they're they can withhold bullet like if there were to be like there could be bulletproof. Or they could be, if even if a grenade was to be thrown, it would be able to withhold it. You've got so much fascinating information to share. You're, yes, that, yeah. I wanted, that is my baby. I can't tell you <laughs> how excited I get. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we're running out of time, but I, I wish we could learn more. So maybe what we can do is like, maybe you can let us know if you write an article about this and we'll, we'll post it. I'd really like to hear more about your, the homes that you're working on and Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it's amazing. I can definitely share more information on that. Yeah, we would love that. Yeah, I wish I could sit there and tell you that I came up with everything, but I just put it all together. That's pretty much what I did. I researched a lot and I looked at different techniques from here and, and different. I hired two different architects. I hired one from Colombia because he built sustainable community centers all over the world. And... Also, I pretty much, I almost begged this uh, architect from Chicago to help us with this project because she, but she only does commercial. She's the first thing she said, no, I don't work residential. But with my personality, knowing that I I just persisted, persisted until one day, she said, yes. (laughs) Yes. So she has been working on it. So there's two different architects working on on this model. Well, congratulations on everything that you you've accomplished your life story. I don't know. Maybe you'll write a book someday because it sounds like a very, yeah. Well, man, I have so much to talk to you about. I mean, I overcame an eating disorder and being a single mom and going through domestic violence. It's, I can tell you a lot about being a female. Yeah, it does sound like you need to write a book. <laughs> well, why don't we pick it up another time? We'll, we should definitely have another conversation. Maybe we'll pick some other topics and delve into them a little further because I would love to hear more. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to share. If anything worked for me, I'd love to share the experience or the information. You really have been a role model, not just to Latinas, but to all women you know, who are aspiring to be leaders in construction or just to own you know, a business on their own successful business. So we really appreciate it. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to follow your success and see, see what comes up. I really hope we get that us as females, we can stick together more and really support and lift each other up. I think it's really needed. 
It's so important. I agree. Thank you so much, Rochelle. No, thank you. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.